Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. We started a uh, Bible study at the beginning of this year on our midweek service. And uh, the I think uh, last week was the first uh, week of that. And uh, we're talking about our responsibilities as Christians toward one another. And if you chase that through the Scripture, that word, that phrase, one another, you'll find that there's many responsibilities that we have as Christians to one another. And uh, that shouldn't surprise us uh, because of the structure of God's family. And uh, God's family, the church family, is just that. It's a family. Amen? And uh, because of that, there's different things that uh, we have uh, 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 responsibilities of how we treat one another. Last week, we looked at and talked about uh, that we are to admonish one another. And that word admonish means to caution, reprove gently. And we talked about the different ways uh, that we are to do so. Uh, tonight, we're going to look at a uh, another uh, one here in the Scripture. And if you'll kind of notice here as we go through these, uh, they're kind of in alphabetical order, and so uh, tonight we're going to uh, talk about one that starts with the B, and so if you find your place, stand with me together here, Galatians chapter 6, uh, pretty famous uh, verses here, we've uh, read these and talked about these before, uh, but notice what he says here, brethren, uh, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such as one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Here you go, you ready? Verse 2, bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. But let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For every man shall bear his own burden. Let's pray. Lord, we love you tonight. We thank you for the scripture. We thank you for the truth of it. God, I pray that you'd help us. God, speak to us. We need to hear from you. Holy Spirit of God, I pray that you would uh, work in our hearts and be active in our midst. And, and ask that you bless the preaching uh, and teaching of your word. And, and help us, Lord, to understand these uh, all-important truths and all-important responsibilities we have one toward another. Bless us, we pray, and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Again, we see in verse 2 the uh, clear command here about our responsibility, and that is this, bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Let's talk about this tonight for a little bit. Let's talk about burden bearing, bearing one another's burdens. Uh, Several things I just want to kind of give you about this as you kind of chase that um, that phrase, bearing one another's burdens through the Scripture. There's some Bible principles that we're going to look at and uh, share those with you. First of all, let me say this, bearing one another's burdens, just as it says in the verse, fulfills the law of Christ. Bearing one another's burdens fulfills the law of Christ. Now, if you read through the Bible, you know what you're always going to find? That there is always a law. Uh, in fact, that's what it was known as in the Old Testament, the law. In fact, uh, if you are uh, following your Bible reading schedule, uh, you are probably close to being in the book of Exodus. And uh, again, I think I'm a little ahead, so uh, I, I, I'm there. I was there this morning. And you know what you're going to find out in the book of Exodus and then Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy? You know what those are? You know what that is? It's the law. Amen? It's what God gave His people to follow as they lived in that land of Canaan, through the wilderness into the land of Canaan. That was the Old Testament law. Now, what you find about the Old Testament is that it um, was a law of death. 
And uh, in fact, I mean, the Old Testament, I mean, there was a lot of capital punishment type sins in the Old Testament. And uh, you read through there and, and uh, you figure out the things that God had clear cut. You do, you do this, boom, it's your life. And uh, by the way, let me just say this. Uh, God doesn't change his mind about the way he feels about sin. Now, we're not living under the Old Testament law per se, uh, but God's commands are still just as pertinent today as, as they were then. Amen? And the way God feels about something today, He still feels about it then. And so just because we're not necessarily living in Old Testament days does not mean that those things still aren't important to God. But notice here what it says here. We're talking about the law of Christ. And I'm going to tell you, you study that phrase out. Man, that's a powerful thing right there, the law law of Christ. You know what you find out when you study that out? The law of Christ, it is life, it is liberty, it is love. For example, uh, Romans chapter 8 verse 2, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Romans chapter 13 verse 8, the Bible says, for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. Galatians 5 14, for all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And so here's what you find out, is that the law of Christ uh, is, the, is the law of life, liberty, and love. And so what Paul was teaching the Galatians here, that they were free from the burden that the law, the Old Testament law, placed upon them. In fact, Galatians is a, uh, if you study through that book, there's a lot of uh, the true meaning of the word legalism, okay? Not the meaning that people try to make it to be today, all right? But the true meaning of that, and uh, they were trying to put them back to the, under the bondage of the Old Testament law. And Paul was teaching them that once you're saved because of what Christ did, and he fulfilled the law, that we're free from the bondage of that law through Christ. Now again, that doesn't mean that the things taught in the Old Testament uh, are not still relevant for us today. I mean, the Bible says that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Amen? In fact, there's a, there's a false teaching floating around out there. It's called hyper-dispensationalism. And what that means is, is that, uh, you know, today, the only uh, things that are uh, important to us or, or relevant to us today are the teachings of the Apostle Paul. Uh, there's actually t- uh, people out there that, that propagate that. But folks, let me just say this, that's not true. Amen? All Scripture is given for us uh, even today. Again, now, do we live under the old te- the customs of the Old Testament law? No, we're not. Amen? Uh, well, we're not Jewish. We're Gentiles. We're saved from that. But again, God's principles in the Old Testament uh, are still just as good as they were then. But what Paul was teaching the Galatians is that because they were free from the burden that the law placed upon them, here's the thing. You know why they were free from that burden? So they could take up another burden. Take up another, but think about that for a minute, amen? By the way, you know what that burden is? That burden is what he says here, helping somebody else with their burden. That's what he's talking about. I mean, think about a burden. What is a burden? A burden is something that must be carried. A burden is something that every single person has. And the nobility in the life of Christ is found in those individuals, think about this, who help carry a burden even as they carry their own. Amen? By the way, is that not what Jesus did? 
You know what you find out about the burdens of life? That they come upon us unexpectedly uh, just through the natural course of life. Folks, listen, because we're living on a sin-cursed earth, because of the sin curse, by the way, again, wasn't uh, God's fault, man's fault, amen? It was us. We're the ones that caused this, okay? Wasn't God. God set this thing up for it to be perfect. We, we as mankind messed it up. But because of the sin curse, folks, there are burdens that come along with just having life. Amen? There's burdens. We call it life sometimes. Things like your car breaks down. Amen? Things like unforeseen medical bills come upon you. How about the water heater sprouts a leak and, and ruins, uh, ruins your flooring? Uh, the washer, the dryer breaks down. Maybe the tax man wasn't so nice to you this year. Amen? Somebody gets sick. And on and on the list could go. You know what those are called? Burdens. What those are called? The fact that just because you're living life, you're going to experience those types of things. By the way, thank thank the Lord there's a, a place where we get to live longer than we live on earth where we don't have those anymore. Amen? But guess what? Last time I checked, as much as I like southern Indiana, this ain't heaven. Amen? Now, almost heaven, right? But no. Oh no, this place ain't heaven by no means, alright? So you know what that means? As long as we're doing this, going to be birds. Amen? And here's the thing, and this is where we're going tonight, amen? It's not just our burdens we carry, although we have them, but that we help others with their burdens. By the way, think about this. Why do we and other people, why do human beings have burdens anyway? i tell you why. Think about this for a minute. So that we as Christians can live and act like a Christian? Because if people did not have burdens, think about it again, you and I would not have the opportunity to live like Christ and be obedient to Him. I mean, if life was just hunky-dory for everybody and nobody needed help and nobody had a burden, then what's the point in the verse being in there that says to bear ye one another's burdens? In fact, Jesus took the burden of sin off our backs, not so we could waltz through life burden-free, so we could be free to help lift the burdens of others. Amen? That's why the burden of sin has been lifted. Helping others bear their burdens, folks, listen to me, is something that is the purest form of Christ-likeness. By the way, we see those illustrations in the Scripture. Uh, think about this for a minute. I was uh, thinking about um, uh, Christ as He suffered His passion and the different things that He went through. And, uh, you know, uh, Jesus, if He would have wanted to, okay, He could have bore that cross all the way up to Calvary had He chosen to do so. But you know what, folks? That wasn't God's plan. God's plan was for him on part of that uh, path he was walking was for someone to come alongside and help bear that burden. Remember Simon of Cyrene, uh, that uh, as Jesus, uh, uh, or he came alongside and helped bear that cross uh, to the, to, to, uh, up to Calvary, uh, the cross of the Savior. Now, why was that? Why do you think God would have allowed that to happen? I believe it was an example of what we're to be doing as Christians, helping bear one another's burdens. The North American Indians, uh, when uh, the white man came uh, to the New World, they found out that the American Indians had no written alphabet. Uh, whereas the white men, they would define things with uh, single words, define individuals with single words, but whereas an Indian would use an entire phrase. The, the white man would use the word friend, but the Indian had no single word for the, uh, uh, for the word friend. But here's what they would use for the phrase of a friend. Think about this. 
one who carries my sorrow on his back. That's how they would describe a friend. And so that, that, that was their description of it. And you know what? That's a good description of what a true friend is, by the way. One who carries my sorrow on his back. So number one, we see that bearing one another's burdens fulfills the law of Christ. Number two, man, this is a good thought. It's always better to bear a burden than to be a burden. Let me say that again. It's always better to bear a burden than to be a burden. You know, by the way, folks, there's a difference between having a problem and being a problem. Sad to say, a lot of Christians, that seems uh, they seem to be an endless burden to the people around them. By the way, what a sad testimony that is. As I was thinking about that through the Scripture, I thought about uh, Lot. Again, just read about him not that long ago. You think about Lot. Lot was Abraham's nephew, and at first that was a good relationship. But because Lot and Abraham had a lot of stuff, by the way, you know what you find out stuff does in life? It complicates things. Stuff complicates things. And because Abraham and Lot had a bunch of stuff, uh, they uh, uh, needed to separate. Well, let me tell you something. You say, well, Lot didn't have a choice. He had to say, no, he didn't. You know what? Lot would have been better off getting rid of everything he had Okay, and sticking with Uncle Abraham. By the way, you know what, truth be told, he probably really wouldn't have had to get rid of everything he had, okay, but some stuff maybe to make things less complicated. Lot would have been way better off, but no, he had to have it his way. And what you find out after Lot departed from Abraham, you know what Lot's life was? A burden. It was a burden. By the way, Genesis chapter 14, if you read through there yet, isn't that an interesting story? It talks about the, uh, the battles of the kings. And how that uh, the kings, there, there was a battle going on, and, and, and the five kings against the five kings, and that the king of Sodom and Gomorrah was captured, and Lot was captured also in that battle. And then you know what you find out? That Abraham found out about it. And Abraham, here's what the Bible says, he drew near. No, I'm sorry, that, that's in chapter 18. Uh, but in chapter 14, what you find out is that Abraham uh, armed his trained servants and went and rescued Lot, got Lot out of the mess that he was involved in and rescued him from that. You know what that was called? That was called you know, a burden that Abraham had to bear because of Lot's bad choices. By the way, that should have been a wake-up call for Lot. You know what that was? That was God trying to get Lot's attention. But you think he'd listened? Oh, no. He was too entrenched in the junk going on inside him. And so uh, Lot literally was a physical burden to Abraham. But then we also see in Genesis chapter 18, he was a spiritual and emotional burden to Abraham. By the way, when Abraham was pleading for the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, why do you think he was doing that? You think it's because he cared for all them Sodomites? Let's be honest. You know who he was pleading for? Lot. You know why he was bargaining with God? It wasn't had anything to do with the wicked inhabitants of those cities. It had to do with Lot and the burden he was carrying for the bad choices of his family. Young people, let me just say this. Your choices have profound effects on your parents. That's why the Bible says this in Proverbs chapter 10. A wise son maketh a glad father, but a foolish son is the heaviness of his mother. You know what that's talking about? A burden. Let me tell you, young people, the choices you make will have a profound effect upon your parents. You know what? That's why you better choose properly because it's better to bear a burden than to be a burden. Amen? Number three, how about this? We must not carry unnecessary burdens. 
Okay, you know there's some things and folks we carry because it's part of life. You know there's also certain burdens people carry. You know why? Bad choices. Not following Scripture. Alright? I mean, listen, we need to all take an honest look at our burdens with discernment and make sure we're not carrying around something God never intended for us to be weighted down with. You know, carrying the, the right burden and helping others when they're uh, uh, trying to help somebody else bear their burden, that's heavy enough. That's difficult enough. Why in the world would you want to be weighted down with a bunch of extra baggage? You know, there are certain things you can weight yourself down with that God never intended for you to carry. How about this? Bitterness. God never intended for you to be weighted down with that. But By the way, that's a heavy burden. That's a heavy burden. Anger. Okay? Unforgiveness. How about this? Unconfessed sin. Let me tell you, one of the heaviest burdens a Christian carries is that of unconfessed sin. Why do you think God made provision for our sin as Christians? Okay? Why do you think 1 John 1 9 is in the book? If we confess our sin, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sin. Do not, as a Christian, carry around the burden of unconfessed sin. Amen? Listen, get before the Lord. Humble yourself before God. Get confessed up. Get cleaned up. Amen? Let Him lift that burden from you. Again, I think of a a biblical illustration of this. I think about the prophet Jonah. You know, God put upon Jonah a burden. You know what that burden was? Go preach to Nineveh. That was the burden Jonah was to carry. But you know what Jonah did? He heaped upon himself unnecessary burdens that he shouldn't have had to carry. I mean, think about it. The unnecessary burden of disobedience. The unnecessary burden of bitterness. The unnecessary burden of, come on, being in the belly of a whale. I mean, wow, what kind of burden's that, right? I mean, literally becoming fish vomit? Okay, you know why? Because of bad choices, because of disobedience. And Jonah just heaped upon that burden he already had to bear and made it even worse. So let me just encourage you, do not carry unnecessary burdens. Amen? Examine your heart, examine your life, ask yourself, are there burdens on my life that shouldn't be there? Okay, things that God doesn't want for me to carry. By the way, you know how to offload those? Give them to God. By the way, He's big enough to deal with them all. Amen? Alright, He's strong enough. He's powerful enough. He's almighty enough to deal with those things. Alright? Number four, man, this is good. Bearing one another's burdens brings joy. You say, what in the world? How can bearing a burden bring joy? Take your Bible. Go to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. I want you to see these verses. Again, pretty famous passage of Scripture here. I've preached uh, through them, taught through them before. But just a good reminder of the way it's supposed to be. Amen? The way it's supposed to be. The way God intended for it to be. Matthew chapter 11. Of course, this is Jesus talking here. Notice what He says in verse 28 through 30. Come unto Me, all ye that labor, you ready? And are heavy laden. Man, heavy laden with what? The burdens of sin, the burdens of this life, the burdens that God doesn't want you to be carrying. By the way, you know what the answer for all that is? You know what the answer for all the world's problem is? Jesus. Amen? Come unto me. Come unto me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden. Notice here what he promises, and I will give you rest. Amen? Now, how will he give you rest? Now, again, this sounds like an oxymoron here until you understand the principle being taught. Verse 29, take my yoke upon you. Now, wait a minute. 
We're talking about already being heavy laden, and now he wants me to put on a yoke? By the way, what's a yoke? A yoke is a working device, right? By the way, a, a yoke means there's labor to be done. By the way, when you come unto Jesus, it ain't, hey, let's just, you know, uh, sit on our hackles and, and coast into heaven. That's not what it's about. You know what it's about? Hey, Christian, get busy. Amen? Get busy in the harvest fields for the master. You get in the yoke. But what's interesting about this is this, okay, is when you get in the yoke, you're not in it by yourself. Right? Yoke means joining two into one. And by the way, who do you think, if you got the invitation to come, think about that. You know what? Think about what Jesus just said here. Come unto me. Guess where he's given the invitation from? The yoke. So he's in the yoke already. He's yoked up. He says, come on, let's go. Come and yoke up with me is what he's saying. Amen? So you take that yoke upon him that he gives you and learn of me. So we need to be like Christ, for I am meek and lowly in heart. Amen? talks about the attitude we ought to be having. By the way, you know what it takes to yoke up with the Savior? Humility. And you know why a lot of people aren't saved and will never be saved? Pride. They don't want to yoke up with the Savior. They would rather live life by themselves, thinking that they're, they're big enough and bad enough to carry their burdens. But here's what he says, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. Amen? I mean, when you yoke up with Christ, and you take His yoke upon you, you get rid of the burdens that He doesn't want you to carry, and you pick up the burden He wants you to carry. Man, you know what there is with that? Rest. Amen? Unto your souls. There's joy. Verse 30, For my yoke is easy and my burden light. Let me tell you something, folks. You know, everybody talks, Oh, man, if I serve God, I'll have to give up this. I'll have to give up that. Serving for God is so hard. Living for the devil's hard. Paying the consequences of sin is hard. Amen? Being a backslidden Christian, and one of the day the Savior looks at you at the judgment seat of Christ and, and calls you out in front of all the, all the saved from all the ages and calls you a wicked, slothful servant, that's going to be hard. Amen? You know what's easy? Yoking up with the Master, picking up His burden, amen? Learning of Him, being meek and lowly in heart. By the way, there's something about helping somebody else that's rewarding. Is there not? I mean, come on, when, when, when you can be involved in somebody else's life and help that person be a blessing to somebody, there's just something rewarding about that. Amen? You know what it's called? Helping somebody bear their burdens. Jesus said it this way in Matthew chapter 10, verse 39, He that findeth his life shall lose it. He that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. Let's look at a couple more places here and we'll close out tonight. Take your Bibles, go to Exodus chapter 23. Here's some more principles about burden bearing and what you see here as far as the example that God gives us to how He wants for us to be. Exodus chapter 23, and of course this is part of that law that we've been talking about. But here's the mindset that God wants for His people to have toward others. Exodus chapter 23, look at verse 4 and 5. If thou meet, notice here, thine enemy's ox or his ass going astray. Not your friend, not your family, not your acquaintance, your enemy. Okay, oh boy. All right, here's my chance to get even. Here's what he says. Thou shalt surely bring it back to him again. If thou see the ass of him that hateth thee. Man, there you go again. Not someone that loves you. Not someone that even tolerates you. Someone that hates you. Okay? Lying under his burden, or meaning, okay, 
that he's not carrying that burden, okay? It's crushing him beneath the load. And wouldest forbear to help him, thou shalt surely help with him. You know what God's trying to teach there? Listen, burden bearing isn't just about people that you like. It's about people who are in need, is what he's trying to say there. By the way, what a great principle for us today. Amen? And some of the, aren't you glad Jesus Christ offers to bear the burdens just not for those that love him? Because let me just say this, folks. None of us loved him, right? We love him. Why? Because he first loved us. And we better be glad he was willing to bear our burden when we don't love him. And by the way, even when we do love him, it's nothing compared to his love for us. Amen? Our love still falls short, but he's still willing to, willing to bear our burden. So shouldn't we do that to others? How about this? Matthew chapter 8. Uh, verse 16 and 17 says this, When the even was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils and cast out the spirit with his word and healed all that were sick. Amen. Man, that shows you again the heart of the Savior. Amen. He was willing to help people and be there for people and give of himself. Verse, verse 17, That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, notice this, Himself, talking about Christ, took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Isn't that interesting? Amen? That Jesus Christ was willing, not just spiritually, but physically, was to, He took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. I mean, no wonder Christ, uh, uh, the Bible talks about that we can relate to Him. Amen? You know why? Because He suffered for us and with us. Amen? He suffered for us and with us. Luke chapter 11, verse 45 and 46. Then answered one of the lawyers and said unto him, Master, thus saying, thou reproachest us also. This is when Jesus was preaching about the sins of the Pharisees and the scribes. And here a lawyer speaks out, someone who was supposed to be an expert in the law of Moses, if you will. And Jesus is, they're like, Master, it sounds like you're talking about us too. Oh yeah, he was. Verse 46, and he said, Woe unto you also, ye lawyers. I mean, the lawyer here thought he was, you know, uh, being a little proud. Well, 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 Jesus, surely you're not talking about us. He's like, oh yeah, I haven't just got to you yet. All right, you ready? Oh yeah, here we come. Woe to you, ye lawyers. Now, why was he preaching against them? Because notice here, for ye, the lawyers, supposed to be the Christians, if you will, of the day, laid men with burdens, grievous to be born, and ye yourselves touch not the burns with one of your fingers. What he was saying here is, listen, you heap upon things, uh, things upon people, but you won't lift one finger to help lift their burden. And you know what Jesus says about that kind of attitude? Woe! Woe unto you for having that kind of attitude about others' burdens. And then last of all, one more place here, Romans chapter 15, verse 1. Man, this is good. We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. You know what that teaches us? It teaches us that God expects Christians to be strong. Amen? God expects us to be strong. Have not we just been preaching through the last couple of years about uh, spiritual strength and our strength in the Lord? And we're talking about victory and overcoming in faith. God expects us to be strong. Amen? All right? And so what, why do we have that strength as Christians? So we can walk around flexing our spiritual muscles and everybody looks at how awesome we are? No. No. Why is it God gives us strength? By the way, 
physical strength and spiritual strength. Why does God give that to us? I'll tell you why. So we can bear the infirmities of the weak. That's why. Let me think about this, okay? You know, our lives, everything about our lives belong to God, does it not? Okay? And the Bible talks about how that uh, God, the first fruits belong to Him. Now, we oftentimes think about that when it comes to our finances, and well, we should. But how about this? You know, we ought to be tithing part of our strength to God. You ever think about that? Part of our health? Giving God the first part of even the physical health He gives us by being a blessing to help other people and to bear the infirmities of the weak. By the way, that's a very practical meaning, by the way. Very practical. You know, there's folks uh, uh, in our own congregation who are, who are up in years that can't do certain things. And guess what? Those of us that are younger that can do that ought to be. Amen? Helping people do certain things, bearing the infirmities of the weak. And by the way, notice here, and he put that on, put this part of the verse in there for a reason, and not to please ourselves. He's got to remind us all the time not to please ourselves. Because that's what we do as natural, fleshly human beings. It's all about us. Amen? Let me tell you, God didn't give us that strength and that health just so we could walk around doing everything we wanted to do all the time. Amen? He gave it to us so we can get the shoulder underneath and help bear one another's burdens. And by the way, I'm going to tell you this. You, you live a life like that, you know what you're going to live? A blessed life. Amen? By the way, you reap what you sow in this area. Reap what you sow. Selfish people who always plant selfish seeds, guess what they reap later on in life. Amen? So listen, folks. Let as Christians have the right attitude toward one another, and let's help bear one another's burdens. Let me tell you something, folks. When we do that, amen, we are being Christ-like. Remember we talk about before, I say it all the time, the ultimate goal of Christian life is to what? Be like Jesus. Amen? Well, you know where it gets practical? Right here. Bearing one another's burdens. So that means when we see uh, a fellow brother or sister, by the way, not just even fellow brothers or sister, okay? Didn't we see tonight your enemy? Those that hate you? Amen? When we see a need, you know what we do? We help bear the burden. Amen? I'm going to tell you, that is fulfilling the law of Christ and being Christ-like. Let's pray. Lord, we love you.